0: Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business and mindset coach, author, and speaker, and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand and a profitable business and become the creative rebel you set out to be. Now is the time to be courageous and become a bold and powerful voice in your industry. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey friend, how are you? So good to be back this week. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit excited about today's episode. I have got my fellow coach and good friend, Sarah Cross back on the podcast. She actually was one of my first episodes. She was episode number 23 on how to build a product-based business. And she is back talking to us today for the service-based businesses out there, because I know there's a lot of you that listen to the podcast, how you can potentially unlock a powerful new revenue stream in your service-based business. I have to tell you, I did get a little bit excited about this because we were coming up with ideas for me. And so I love this chat where we're exploring whether creating a product could complement your business. And Sarah's going to give some really great examples of clients she's worked with who have been in a service-based industry and what sort of products they created. And I have to say that when I was at the huddle earlier in the year, which was, I think it was March, the majority, I think, of businesses that were there were actually product-based businesses. So I was on stage with Celia Loves and Bon Maxi and Bohemian Traders. Um, you know, and merrymakers, and they're all product-based businesses. And so I do think that a physical thing is so beautiful, but I also have a lot of preconceived ideas about the cost of having a product-based business, like all of those overheads. I think that when you're in a service-based business, and I mean, saying that, my overheads are not small, but you know, it's kind of me and then it's my tech. Whereas I'm like, oh my gosh, product-based business, all of the stuff, all of the physical things that I would need. But Sarah and I talk about smart ways and interesting ways that you can potentially bring a product into your business where you're not having to deal with all of the bits and pieces uh, and I guess paying for what I thought you would be outlaying for a product-based business as well. So I'm excited to share this with you. I want to get your creative juices flowing. Even if you decide that you don't want a product-based business, I think it's really interesting to listen to this and think about, hmm, like, could I do something? Is it definitely a thing that I don't want to do? Uh, And so for me, we kind of talk about an idea or two that I have been percolating on, not sure whether I'll do it or not, but something to think about. So, So Sarah is going to share a framework with us for deciding if creating a product for your business is right for you and things to think about along the way. So I'm going to link up the first episode that she did was building a product-based business, which shares a bit of her story. But if this is the first time you're hearing about Sarah or connecting with her, just let me give you a little snippet. From the age of 24, she built a multi-million dollar business from her kitchen table. So she created a, uh, a hampers business for corporates. And she got a massive order when she just started out and it kind of kicked off from there. And now after selling that business, she's the founder and CEO of Creative Product Institute, a well-known speaker, author, business coach, and authority on empowering women in business and helping them to build product-based businesses as well. So Today, we're going to be going through the model and the framework that she talks about. She's going to give us some case studies. We're going to talk a little bit about my ideas. It's a fun episode, so make sure that you hang around and you listen and you go connect with Sarah as well. But listen, let's dive into this week's episode. Sarah, welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast.
1: Thank you, Suze. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So good. So... You have been on the podcast before and we will link that up Uh, and you are a friend as well as a business connector, collaborator. We've kind of done some stuff together and we've been in each other's worlds for, it feels like a long time now.
1: I think it must be over five years. I had a little photo pic pop up. We met in a a very early days, both in our coaching um, businesses at a, at someone else's network and we just clicked. And then you said, let's go out for cocktails. And <laughs> of course, I was there with bells on and doesn't I does not sound like
0: me at all. Sarah It doesn't yeah. sound like me at all.
1: Oh, so not you. And, um, I was there with bells on and you were there with bells on and we had this really fabulous, like, let's talk about, you know, solving, you know, world issues. And, um, I had a Facebook memory pop up and I was like, wow, you're like one of my original, you know, when I got into the coaching side Mm -hmm. of, um, service, service based business, you were one of my first business friends. And now I call you a, you know, a girlfriend. Um, so it's been a while, it's been a journey and we've both crossed over so much, haven't we? Like, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's always exciting to watch each other's businesses grow and things like that. But, you know, we were talking about the fact that I probably the majority of my audience are service based businesses, but I do also have product based businesses uh, that I that I work with and that are in my community as well. And as a product based coach, I thought it would be really interesting to have you come on the podcast and talk a bit about that. I'll tell you why number one, obviously it's what you talk about. But when I was at the huddle recently as a service based business, and I saw all these incredible product based businesses, I was very much like, that would be so fun to do. And so I know that there's a lot of opportunity. I just think, you know, um, I've I've just come back from Rise Retreat when we're talking about this. And I, I was talking about the box that we put ourselves in. And sometimes we do something and that's what we do, but it's okay to also do other things. It's also okay to explore our creativity and take a look at what else we might like to do. So that's what we're going to talk about today, which is all about how you can unlock a powerful new revenue stream in your service-based business, which is exciting.
1: Yes. I'm excited to talk about it because it's something that I, I know speaks to your audience, to your listeners, and I was very fortunate to attend your fabulous um, business women's retreat um, in the early part of the year. Mm-hmm. And there were some amazing women there who definitely, definitely have opportunities to create another really hot revenue stream in their business to add to their revenue. If they're scaling up and wanting to get to seven figures, yeah. It's a really lucrative revenue stream that we're going to talk about that can actually add in some um, really good, just another, it's an outlet for creativity, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and you and I work with creative women. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really easy crossover. And I think sometimes things just evolve and happen, but this is sort of talking about planting an idea. If if you've got women who are driven, who are wanting to add in another easy revenue stream, it's not passive. I never believe in passive income. (laughs) I think that's a bit of a fallacy, but it's actually something to complement what they are already an expert in.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I know that obviously you've got your coaching business where you coach product-based businesses, but then you also have now again, created a product-based business because we know that's where you started with gift hampers etc yeah. and then you sold that uh, and so what's your new product business?
1: My new product business is called Little Koala Living and it's a collection that I have collaborated with a beautiful Australian botanical artist. She has designed six licensed designs and I have them printed on beautiful organic cotton bamboo swaddles for babies because I love anything babies. I know babies and pets (laughs) products can sell to the cows come home. And uh, I've created a beautiful koala. It's very luxe Australian gifting. Mm -hmm. I love the tourism market. I love anything Australian. I loved, um, you know, being part of a creative business previously. I, I think I felt I was missing something. And the journey has been incredible because it now puts me in the same um, space and same realm as my clients who Mm. go through creating and designing a product, bringing it to life, either importing and designing or creating it as a handmade product. And then recently I just attended a four-day trade show event, Life and Style in Melbourne. And I got to Um, be part of that um, as a product-based business with nine of my past and current clients. And we had an absolute ball. We all supported each other. Everyone was, you know, cheerleading for how we were all doing. And it wasn't competitive. It wasn't, you know, there was, everyone was so encouraging and Mm -hmm. really had each other's back. And plus there was obviously the social side of going out and getting (laughs) together, which I really love. So, I really love being on both sides of the, bus- of the business of service and product.
0: Mm, yeah, it's so good. And like I said, when I was at the huddle, I was kind of like, oh, like all of these candle and clothing and like gadgets and all the rest. Of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And I have thought about it before. So we can talk a little bit about that because I do have, I guess, preconceived ideas of the struggles with product-based businesses, but Before I ask some of those questions, I think let's dive into the framework that you've created around this particular topic. So, do you want to take us through that?
1: Yeah. So, I've created a really easy success framework for service-based businesses Um, and the acronym is KICK. So, the K represents kickstarting and just getting something out there by aligning it with your passion. So, think about Um, the products that you currently use in your service-based business or products that you recommend to your clients to purchase. So something that you could actually ideally bring in-house and create, but it has to be something that you are passionate about. Because like anything, when you're at the building blocks at the start, that's that's where all the creation and passion has to come from. Mm -hmm. And that's what really fuels you to to launch it because it's not easy nothing's easy. My (laughs) mum always says, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. 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 So we all know that it's hard, but if it's fueled by passion and values and alignment, then that actually really is what actually helps you to get it, to bring it to life, to launch it. That's the really, really powerful part of it.
0: Yeah. And I think you're going to talk a bit about this, but I think the first thing that comes to mind when you say that for me is, how do I make the decision about whether I decide to create that as opposed to putting my branding on something that's already created? So, so what's, what's that both. kind of... Yeah,
1: You can do both. Um, so white labelling is when you are actually using an existing product and there's plenty of them out there. Let's say you're, you're a yoga Pilates, um, you know, yogi yeah. guru, um, and you have um, a lot of support tools like your you know support blocks your rollers your um, bolsters anything that is a tool that you're buying from someone else and reselling in your studio or to your um to your clients would be something that you could either have manufactured with your colors and branding so a white labeling it already exists it might just be packaged up with your name or it could be something Suze that you create from a need that you cannot find it anywhere else. Mm. So people are asking, you're using it and you're thinking, Oh, I really need, I need this tool. Like I know that it's going to help my clients go to the next level. They're going to scale up more if I can create this. Yeah, And that's where you would actually have the concept and the idea to create something that isn't already existing so almost an invention or it could be just something that you personally have adopted and used every day that you think this is a fabulous thing, I should be sharing it. And why don't I monetize it? Why don't I actually commit and why don't I bring it out?
0: Yeah, okay. We're going to keep going. I've got like so many questions but that's okay. Just I think because I've thought about it and I'm like a yeah. postage and yeah. Shopify and yeah. creating it and, and I'm just well, like is it something... that I want to do more of.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you a little bit because I think when you already have a service-based business and you're already busy enough, I am a very, very big advocate of outsourcing. So in order Mm. to scale, you need to outsource because you simply cannot wear a a dozen hats. So the, the way that I've created my baby brand is that once I've got the product to market, what I have done, which is all the hard work, all the hard yards with getting it all boxed and getting it packaged, getting it designed, um, everything like along those lines, I've actually outsourced the component that I'm actually hands off the business. I can be remote. I can be working wherever. I don't have to be in a fixed address for my items to be shipped. Uh, I've now got three stockers in the States. Mm-hmm. Um so they can be shipped internationally and nationally and I am hands-off because I outsource that part. My goods arrive and go into warehousing and then they are picked and packed as they are ordered Okay, and shipped. So I don't touch any of the product.
0: Love it. I'm all for that.
1: Yeah. So it's a hands-off business in the sense that I control the marketing and the sales and the direction, but I actually don't do the manual labour. And that was always a, something that I wanted to do. And what I teach my clients to do and the clients that have adopted that formula, I've got clients that are now up to $4 million in revenue. Yeah. Um, and they started with me at 400. They scaled to, you know, seven figures, a million in a, in the first 12 months. So it really is about not actually having to wear that hat as well. Some people have a dream of having a warehouse and staff and, I've done that, and I personally feel like that's adding on another business because you're then mm. managing staff, you're managing suppliers, you know, there's a lot more moving parts. Whereas doing something like this, whether it be white labeling, let's say the yoga Pilates instructor wants to bring out a really beautiful hydration facial mist. There's plenty of companies, there's a very big company in Queensland that do white labeling for salons and for studio owners. So you can have your own branding and packaging on a really beautiful hydrating spray Mm -hmm. and you can stock that and sell that to your customers in your studio as your own. You
0: can sell it online. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I do like a bit of a white label. Yeah. It takes. It takes the. Uh, it takes all it of takes the. It takes the pressure off initially.
1: Yeah. I know. You know, going all out and starting something from scratch is is big, but going down the path of a white labeling of an existing product, it means that you don't. You you probably minimise the risk. You might pay a little bit more. For I was about
0: it. to say, it's just the profit margin, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. But. Remember, we're adding in another revenue stream. So you're already an expert in your service-based business. You're already perhaps a photographer, got a cracking, you know, photography business. You're a coach. You're an event planner, graphic designer. You've already got all that going. It's another layer. Mm. And it shouldn't actually create more work. It should create more revenue.
0: Yeah, we love that. We love that. More revenue, not as much work. (laughs) But I did want to pick up on something you said before, which is the, passive income is a bit of a pipe dream. Like I think unless you're doing a massive amount of ad spend for for the funnel to be filled, I think that, yes, um, passive income is an interesting one.
1: I think if you were wanting to launch something and you wanted to do it organically, the best way of doing something like that now in our current climate is on TikTok and on Reels. So mm. you could flog off your new product in your in your service-based business as a new revenue stream. And you could tap into your existing followers who already love you and love what you produce and what you do. And then you could um easily launch that and promote that through socials. Mm. But yeah. paid ads is is something that I, I'm a big believer of. I, I believe in many revenue streams in, yeah. in, in a business, many layers, not all eggs in one basket. So um I me think it's a mixture of testing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I have to say, like I do get, you know, I do see the ads come up and they are very targeted to me. And I am like, you know. I am open. I am open to being sold to <laughs> when it's when it's the right when it's the right thing as well. Okay, cool. So the first thing is kickstart, so really yeah. taking a look at like what aligning you're passionate it. about. Yeah, yeah,
1: aligning it with your passion and think about the products that you currently use that help you and um and the and the products that you sometimes recommend to your clients. So mm. um if you've ever worked with someone it could be a life coach or a business coach and they recommend a, a fabulous, you know, planner or a journal or some sort of um, guide.
0: I've been thinking about that.
1: Then that's something that if you're repeating yourself over and over, it's like putting a course into play that can then become part of your digital revenue stream as well, in the sense that you can sell them online. So they could be actually in digital format, or you can actually have hard copy. So the next one is um, in the KICK acronym is, is the I. So intention. And this is all about your energetics um, and why you're looking at branching out into this product. Like, is it just about money? Is it just about, I mean, having that extra revenue stream, which is kind of passive to a point when you set it up. But of course it needs marketing and it needs eyeballs and for conversion. Um, and is it also a deeper layer of, have you got a yearning, desire to create something, to put something out there? Like you and I have both um, uh, released books. Mm. I mean, they're kind of a legacy. A, a book is a legacy, I think, for to pass on, and, and your kids know that you're, you're an author, um, that you can share your story in your book. So, mm. is it about giving out uh, holistically, like um, your your path or your your past? um, as in terms, it's intentional for others to be able to, um, admire you, look at you as a thought leader, as an expert. And then this is what I use daily. This is what I put in place. This is how I plan. I mean, you're a big planner. I can definitely see you doing a planner.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like at the moment, I just use notebooks and that, but I have thought about it before. Like there are certain things that I teach my clients and I just thought if I put all of those things into one product, like that would be amazing. It's just whether I can be bothered, Sarah, that's the main thing. I'm just like- But outsource, (laughs) outsource, outsource. I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this. I think
1: sometimes you just need to start with the idea and the intention yeah and then an outline and then filling in the dots and then all of a sudden you've got and you've got the foundation mm. and and you only have to do things once a bit like my baby brand it was a bit of a chore whilst i was running my coaching business setting that up was another layer of work but it's only something that i've created once i've now formed relationships with china factories freight forwarders brokers I mean, I've learned so much that I can now also pass that all of that on to mm. my clients as well. So yeah. it's sort of full circle. And it was something that I did have. I wanted a creative outlet as well. I think that's what it was missing.
0: Yeah, and I think it's just like for me the planner is definitely something I've thought about for a while now. Um, every time I come up with a new thing that I teach my clients how to do, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would so so well in the planner. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like do I thinking about whether I create that or is there something that's more like more creative and fun like non-businessy as well that, that I could would do. Be great. Because, I could
1: see you doing yeah. that as well because you're very colourful and bubbly and bright and I could see you doing something. Something that you could do that could be more ever everlasting and ongoing is something that could be a really beautiful um, bound binder that you actually provide inserts to go in a bit Mm. like, um, Kiki K Mm. and you can have dividers up for different sections Mm. of your life, or you could have, um, you know, different things that you've done, but it's sort of something that, um, it's, it's not sort of, it's repurposed. It's not just a one-time dated journal that expires and then you get rid of it. It's something that You have a collection of all your thoughts and ideas, but your system is in there.
0: Yeah, I love that. All right. We'll try not to make this a creativity brainstorm for my product based business. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, cool. So, what's our intention? Is it more money? Is it passive revenue? Is it creativity? So, I think just asking yourself all of these questions is great before making the decision. Yeah. And the next,
1: yeah, the next step is the C, which is cultivate. It's really comes down to leaning on your community around you and, and asking, getting some feedback as to what they would really love as well. It's really interesting to get that feedback when you ask. And I think a lot of people forget to do like surveys or ask them because they're in the trenches. They're actually, you know, know what they need, or sometimes they don't know what they need, but Mm -hmm. They um, like some things that you have given them and they think, oh, that'd be a great resource mm. for me to have too. I love how Suze does that. Mm. And uh, I think outsourcing, like I mentioned earlier, it really is the only way that you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You you want to be able to work on the business rather than in the business, on the tools. So the initial work is going to have to happen from your end. But once it's set up and created, it really is about leveraging your current community and audience um that serve you currently in your service-based business and working out like your ideal customers um of who you already serve like what is it can that can really benefit them? What's going to be a really good opportunity to give them as a tool to use to help them grow in their mm. business?
0: Yeah. So interesting. So what give me some examples of uh of different service-based businesses and what sort of things they've come up with.
1: Okay. So I, as you know, I'm a product-based coach and wholesale expert, Mm -hmm. and I've worked with a number of service-based clients, which initially I was sort of like, hmm, what are we going to come up with? Because they've got ideas and they're wanting to create something from their, their expertise. So, I worked with a fabulous photographer, an aerial and underwater photographer who's happened to be located in the beautiful um, Ellie Beach, which is up in the Whit Sunday. Mm, beautiful. And um, when, I, when I thought to myself, if she signs up with me, this is going back pre COVID, this is going back a few years, she signs up, I'm going to get on a plane and go off and do a session <laughs> with her because I've never been there. Which I did, and I drank cocktails, and I did sessions, and I got to see her business, and I got to see the beautiful Whit Sunday area. And
0: it's a tough life, Sarah, but somebody <laughs> has to do it. Yeah. It's really tough when you can <laughs> like weave
1: in the benefits <laughs> of being able to. Well, I love to travel, but yeah. you know when you get these exciting clients in these amazing areas. Um. <clears throat> so she had already created um her a gallery with her art prints and what we worked on was packaging up other items of homeware for retail tourism so homeware such as um eye masks for travel um beautiful silk caftans um, pillowcases um cushion covers i mean um coasters anything that can be picked up on people's travels as a keepsake from when they've been in australia
0: Basically. So was she creating the product or was she just licensing her art, her photography? So
1: her photography was her own that she um, had um, a gallery for her yeah. print. But her her photo- photographs were repurposed onto the homeware. So the beautiful big whales and the turtles, mm. they were all part of the homeware, of the coaster set, of the eye pillows, of the reef. And so did she white label those? No, no, she didn't white label. She actually sourced them and brought them in from China. Okay. Yeah. So um, she was very successful. She um, she got the contract to fit out um, Dreamworld with the refurbishment. Wow, and she is also stocked in um, the resort gift stores on all the islands, and she also secured a great deal with us working together, um, supplying their national airport retail stores.
0: Fantastic!
1: Love so that. beautiful keepsake, beautiful Australian piece of art to take home that not everyone can afford a picture like a, a print or um, you know her photography, but they can actually put something like that in their suitcase and take it home from
0: their holiday. Yeah. I love that. That's so interesting.
1: Um, so I've also worked with and coached a lot of service um, based um, artists and designers um, that have expanded into their own line of homewares, a stationary line, which mm-hmm. I always get excited. Anyone that mentions stationary, it's like a passion of mine. I'm always looking and buying beautiful paper and note cards and um, pens. Um, so We've developed lines along the uh, uh, in the stationary world, such as um, even tea towels, tote bags, wrapping paper, um, peel and stick wallpaper. Um, yeah. So many. Oh, I've people seen people. that client.
0: Yeah, when you had that your was office.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah it was so beautiful. beautiful clients that have been able to. Um, I guess re it's almost like repurpose from their talent um, and putting it onto another textile or another tangible product. Yeah,
0: that's so great. That's
1: another revenue stream. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: so good. I was actually thinking of taking down all of my art and putting wallpaper up, but I love that it's like, you can just peel it off and stick it it's on. It's so and easy.
1: So yeah, good. it's so easy. I mean, um, I've also got an, uh, a graphic designer client that had worked in branding and packaging and she launched her business um, and has now got like an 800,000, almost a million dollar business. She's created beautiful um, heirloom keepsake baby journals, gorgeous. And um you know that brand just keeps on growing and growing both in Australia and and globally.
0: yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Like good quality, unique, beautifully created things. I just think that's one of the things that a lot of people think, oh, but the market's so busy and it's so saturated. and But I just think there are certain things that rise to the top or if it it is something that's really unique, it will do well.
1: And the other thing that I get excited about with this is that, you know, it's not just a new business where it's a cold audience that no one knows. Yeah. You've already got how many Instagram followers, how many people on TikTok love you. How many past clients have you got? How many current clients have you got? Yeah. How many people have you spoken, you know, with that you can repurpose and put this in front of? You've already got like a lot of the foundations there to launch something relatively easier than if it was a brand new business where you're just entering the business world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we were saying before as well, it's like, you can put, you know, having that marketing budget and kind of just targeting, I think is a is a great way to like get that kickoff without having to always wait for organic. It's kind of that multi-pronged approach of mm. collaborators, mm. ads, organic. Like I think, yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna be in, be the in the momentum's
1: already there because you're serving a need that you've identified working with your current clients you've already created something that people want so it's going to sell it's a it's a given
0: yeah i love that so good awesome and yes to outsourcing for sure (laughs)
1: and um and finally the k is the knowing um it often comes from knowledge and just a few time-saving tips so we mentioned you know all about time-saving whether you outsource and you white label so you're not kind of creating reinventing the wheel, you're not creating something, it might already exist, it might be just simply having your branding attached to it. Um, or, um, you know, I, I i guess the thing is, it's just a really about sort of working out, you know, ways to succeed, adding in another revenue stream and being able to Um, you know, create a benefit for people that will need it because you're currently using it or you currently like it or you know that there is something missing.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's just about thinking about the idea, isn't it? Like coming up with what you want to be sharing that you feel really fits with supporting your clients to have the outcome that you want them to have as well. So yeah, so good.
1: So with the K, with the knowing, it really comes from your own knowledge. And, you know, that's part of the five powerful ways to really succeed when you are wanting to launch into selling your products. It can be that you're selling your products retail directly online. Um, And then there's also the wholesaling. There's also corporate, which is my background Mm. as well, um, and gifting. And then there's the retail um, tourism dollar, which is why I've created my baby brand, um, as well. So there's, there's all sorts of different layers that once you get a product to market, um, that you will be able to succeed by using a number of different methods of selling Mm -hmm. them. And it doesn't have to detract or deter from your service-based business of what you are an expert in. It's to add in another revenue stream, but it's also to uh, add in a, a benefit to your buyers.
0: How much time do you spend on your product-based business? Cause I think that's the first thing that just came to mind then where I'm like, okay, this sounds great. Let me create this incredible, like, you know, notebook journaly thing. Yeah, that you're going to do it now. That has every- I know. I'm just like, right. So this is coming. No, <laughs> um, we'll see. But it's kind of like how much time, even though we're outsourcing and things like that, how much time do you spend on your baby business?
1: I probably spend on average a week maybe about three hours. okay um I do have someone that does my follow-up calls and implements my wholesale marketing system. so that That's does a, a
0: VA that you've calls. got
1: yes yeah and um she roughly does around five hours so, Uh, in total, probably we're looking at maybe around about eight hours. So that would be like a day, a full day for someone to concentrate on, on a, on a business, if they're going to create another revenue stream, like a product into their, into their existing
0: business. Yeah. So interesting. And so I know that you were just at the in style, was it in style? Uh, life in style. Life in style. Um, And how did that go? Because obviously you're looking at wholesaling. And so how did you find that experience now for you?
1: Oh, it was good to be back in that world because I used to to go there as a buyer for, you know, in my previous, the corporate hamper business um, that I had like 20 years ago. I used to be a buyer for, you know, and I used to travel, you know, to these Melbourne and Sydney um, every year. Mm. It was great to be on the other side and it was also great to obviously have my community my tribe of my lovely clients there. Um, I found it great because we've had two years of pandemic. People probably have found the first six months of this year to be a lot more sluggish and a lot more, you know, like instilling confidence and getting back into the groove. Now things are heating up coming towards Christmas and there was a lot more confidence in buying. Okay. So in the four days that I exhibited, I was able to secure, uh, I think, around about $18,000 worth of orders Yeah, and 16 new wholesale stores. Great. So some of them actually have multi-stores. And I got into the National Museum of Australia in Canberra.
0: Amazing, congrats.
1: Really yeah, thank you. So all in all, all my clients, we you're ideally looking at recovering your outlay, your costs on your first day, which everyone did. Yeah, And then, the, then over the period of those four days, it's really about um, capitalising on a lot of warm leads, so people coming up meeting you, seeing your products in real life. Um, you've got a scanner, so you can scan in their barcode on their name tag. You can remarket to them. And I teach all about marketing pre and post because yeah. a lot of the sales were coming through, uh, which was interesting, Sue's not everyone orders on the day. Yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, you know, I'm handing out, you know. But I'm
0: a bit like that where I like I go into a market Mm -hmm. and I see something I like, but I'm like, let me go take a look Mm -hmm. and then I'll come back or something like that. So I feel like it's kind of buyer behaviour too.
1: Some came back, um, you know, they, they were there and they were like, I'm just moving through really fast, doing an overall look. Yes. I'll come back in two days. Then some just randomly signed up. Um, as they can do through my website for a wholesale account and then started putting orders. And there so they can put it through on the day, which was really interesting. But I don't know anywhere where you can get so many stockers on board in such a short period of time, in four yeah. days. That's what obviously you're paying for, the brand exposure, um, the awareness and the connection. But it's a rapid way of growing um, wholesale.
0: Yeah, so interesting. And I have been watching Lisa Messenger in the US as well because she's at all the trade shows Mm. selling the collective um, products too. So I am always interested when I'm watching other people doing it. I'm just like, it looks like a lot of work. but
1: I think think like with anything, it's a lot of work possibly at the beginning. Yeah. That's where most of your focus and energy has to go. And then there's timeframes and then there's a launch. And you can do a soft launch, but it really is mapping out the idea and getting it onto paper. And then there are other people that can do things for you. That's where you outsource. Yeah. And that's why I don't pack my own orders. Yeah. I don't have my garage full. I've done all of that. I want to be able to travel. (laughs) That's all in the past for me. Yeah. You know, I, I can hire contractors. I've got VAs. I've got people that can do sales. I can do all those parts and I can still run my retreats go on a holiday you know with my family like yeah. you know I want to be able to have a lifestyle as well
0: yeah yeah amazing so good so, yeah, I love so that really,
1: I really think like um for anyone who's been thinking about it this might be them listening and yeah. taking that next step
0: yeah I'm sure that lots of my audience are just like Suze I haven't thought about this or I've been thinking about it but I thought it was too hard so I love that and I think yeah. that going through this as well really thinking about what you're passionate about I'm sort of like oh well if I created the journal it's great for my clients because I teach that but I don't know that I could wholesale it potentially because obviously it's very specific to to me um but I just think that that's the process that you go through as well which is kind of looking at what it could look like and how it could be and maybe it's something different maybe it's not the journal maybe it's you know I don't know conversation cards or things like that like whatever you're inspired um, by. I've
1: got clients like, you know, people who are in sort of um, into mindfulness, you know, that have developed things from their might've had a a couple of original products um, that they've then created affirmation cards and notebooks and beautiful pens and journals because they're wanting to put together a really beautiful gift set. Yes. Yeah. Um, They're wanting to put together a bundle and there is no reason why you can't wholesale anything. If anything, it's kind of like the book in a sense it gives people a taster of what you, you know of how you work or what your ideas are and if anything it's a bit like um you know a book can be like a business card on steroids you know yeah. like it it actually can attract clients to you same as your podcast
0: yeah yeah absolutely no i love that that's so good very good well thanks for sharing that now you've got us all thinking <laughs> about like what else we can be doing
1: i know i know i'm really excited Um, to share and to be here and um, I'm going to now hold you to account to bring out
0: (laughs) I'm not committing to it but I have been thinking about it so I'll have to to start exploring because I have been thinking like I'd love to give clients as part of like when they work with me and stuff, a welcome welcome gift yeah um, as well but anyway we will we will have a think about we can workshop that another time yeah (laughs) I love it. So, so good. So, Sarah, for my audience, we're going to have the link to your first episode in the show notes because that kind of talks through your story and how you built your initial business and all of that, which I think is great for people to listen to. But um, right now, like what's coming up for you and where can people find you?
1: Well, um, so you can find me on Instagram, which is uh, Sarah J Cross underscore official or my website, which is just Sarah J for jump, uh, cross.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, lots of things coming up, gearing up for a very busy Christmas. Uh, I've got some retreats um, in Australia and um, one in Bali coming up. And uh, just looking forward to um, getting to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> been very nice not uh, having any lockdowns and getting back into travel.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited for you for Bali. I know we were going to have our both of us were going to have our retreats in Bali yeah. in 2020, which never happened. That but changed. yeah, I know. But you're still having yours, which is exciting. Who knows? I'll be in Bali next year. We could end up. I could end up with a retreat there as well. Could I? I would love to do it. Maybe place. my journal will be ready by then. <laughs>
1: I'll help you. I'll help you bring it to life. Birth birth that journal.
0: So, so good. Awesome, Sarah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing. I think um, I'm excited for my audience, for those who feel inspired by this. Thanks, Sue, for
1: having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: OMG, so fun. Are you inspired? Is your creative juices flowing? Are you like thinking about what you could potentially do? Or are you like, nah, Suze, I'm just going to stick to what I do. Anyway, I love that conversation. It definitely got me thinking. So I hope that it inspired you today as well. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.